Hey everyone, Pastor Rod Plummer here. We're doing a series on seven motivational gifts. Which one are you? Today is fifth in the series. It's actually gift number four, and it's the gift of encouragement. These are our favorite people. We all want these people with the gift of encouragement. These are the people that just say, I want to lift some people. I want to lift something. I want I want to lift it now. These are often vocal people, but not always, but they're always very, very positive people. And the gift of encouragement can change a group, a situation, a sports team. You, you get the idea. It's a great gift. And if you have this gift, God bless you. Use your gift. If you know someone that has this gift, encourage them to encourage other people. All right. So a key verse for this gift I've chosen from Numbers 13 in the Old Testament, Numbers 13, 30, where Moses sends 12 uh, spies into the promised land to check it out. Ten come back with a, a negative report, but two are so positive. One is Joshua and one is Caleb. Caleb is the encourager because here he comes back and it, the others are complaining. And it says in Numbers 13, 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Wow, that sounds like an encourager. Right now, come on, right now, let's do it. Let's go. Come on. That's the gift of encouragement that we all need in every church and every team. Okay. Now, the the seven motivational gifts comes from the scripture in Romans 12, 3 to 8. I'm going to read it to you. You might know it, but we're going to read it again. It's a passage with seven motivational gifts. I believe you all have at least one, probably two, maybe three. So these gifts, um, they, they really make us see life in a certain way and, and contribute to teams and family, and you, you get the, the point. Here we go, Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, hands and, and eyes and head. We're all different, but still it makes one body. Verse 5, so in Christ we who are many form one body, one team, one group. It's a really good picture of life. And each member belongs to all the others. We need each other. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. This is so important. Gift and grace are linked. Gift and grace, grace and gift and joy are linked. As we find our area, as we do our area, we're full of joy. We're full of grace. This is God's God's plan. When you do what you're supposed to do, you're full of joy. You're full of grace. You're full of gift. Okay, I'm preaching now. I'll stop. Here we go. Here are the seven. If it's serving, completing a plan, let him serve. If it's teaching, putting things in simple Parts for people to get, let him teach. If it's encourage him, let him or her encourage. Go for it. Do it now. Go, go, go. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Oh, I forgot number one. If a man's gift is prophesying, which means being early in perception. Okay, gift number four encouragement. Okay. So as I said, you want these people around you. Now, the story of Joshua and Caleb, I want to go back to that story a little bit. 
because it's just a great picture. I'm going to read it to you in a different translation, an old translation called the Wycliffe Bible. Just look at the words here. This is when Caleb comes back to Moses. Then after these words, Caleb tried to calm the grumbling people. That word grumbling also means that the, the grouching, the complaining, the the uh, those that that end of things, the appealing to the more grumbly, negative viewing people, and told the people in front of Moses to be quiet, speak, be quiet. I've got something to say, and he says, um, "No matter, we shall go up and take the land, for we are well able to get it. Well able. It's sort of like that English word that we use. Come on, come on, let's go." Let's go. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. This is the language of the encourager. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do it. Let's let's get a team together. And I'll give it a few examples at the end of some very significant people in my life who have encouraged me at very important times. Now, God speaks about Caleb in Numbers 14, 24. He singles him out as an amazing man. It says, uh, um, my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly and I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. There's a great reward for encouragers that they encourage, that give encouragement. They're, they're going to get their own. You know, Some people think when you encourage others, you lose something. You, you lose your dignity or you lose your, your place or your ranking. No, 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 no. Encouragers gain inheritance of their own. As I tell you how amazing you are, God will bless me. There's, there's an, an issue here of understanding the encouragement gift, giving your best, giving whatever, giving it away, and God will make sure you will not miss out. I love that. And, and God calls him a different spirit. Uh, another translation calls it another spirit, another type of spirit. Uh, God could say, well, you're an encourager, Caleb. You're, 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 part of the, you're part of the team. Every team needs a Caleb. Every team needs a Caleb, folks. You need a Caleb, and if you are a Caleb, go for it. Okay, New Testament example, and we have to come to Jesus. Jesus has all seven of the gifts, absolutely, completely, totally. None of us have seven gifts in completion level. Jesus is the only one, but we have little bits. And here is a a scripture. I love that Jesus really encourages Peter. Peter's a great new leader that needs encouragement. And in in Matthew 16, Jesus is just about to tell the disciples this big news about he has to go to the cross and be raised again. But he asks his disciples, who do people say I am? And Peter gets it right and says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. And we're going to read here right now what Jesus said to Peter. Matthew 16, 17. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on the secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really, really are. You are, Peter, a rock, a little rock. And on this big rock, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. This is our Jesus. This is how he speaks to you and me. Sons and daughters of God, If when you hear the voice of God, it's going to be encouraging because it's a big part of who God is to be positive, optimistic, prophetic, speak the future, speak the goodness, even in a hard moment. I love how it says right at the beginning, God bless you, Simon. The, the Good News Bible, which I love so much, simply says, good for you, Simon. Good for you, Simon. If I was 
in Australia, I'd say, good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Like, well done. Come on. You got this. You got it. Come on. Do it now. This is Jesus' voice to Peter. And Jesus' voice like this appears many times when the disciples come back in Luke 10 from uh, doing ministry and they say, Jesus, even the demons submit in your name. It says that Jesus rejoices and cries out, Father in heaven, thank you that you you, you gave, you took this away from the, the wise and learned and gave it to the little children. This is your good, this is your good uh, desire, uh, Father. And Jesus is showing us he's encouraging side on many, many Times, In fact, I had to really limit my number of, of words in every part when I talk about Jesus, not limit Jesus, but limit the many scriptures I could share with you. God is an encourager. God is an encourager. He will encourage you. And he puts this gift into some people um, and they are able to encourage. Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, was definitely an encourager in his writings. Listen to what he says to the Philippian church that needs some encouragement. This is Philippians 1, verse 3 and 4 in the Message Bible. Paul says, Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God, and each exclamation is a trigger to prayer, and I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. This is what Paul's writing. Imagine the Philippians in their hard time. What did Paul say? Oh, Paul says, every time I think of you, uh, I break out with exclamation of, of thanks to God. Whoa, the Philippians would say, whoa, he loves us. He's amazing. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. Oh, Paul's praying for us. I find myself praying for you with a sincere heart. Whoa, Paul, thank you for encouraging us. The encouraging words of the apostle Paul. Another great example in the New Testament is Barnabas. And in, in Acts chapter 4, it just simply says that Barnabas, his, his, his actual real name was Joseph, uh, a Levite from the island of Cyprus. It says the apostles called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Wouldn't that be a great title for someone to say, oh, I think I'll rename you son of encouragement or daughter of encouragement. Well, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be a long name, I guess. Although Barnabas is not that long, but uh, Barney, old Barnabas, Barney, we'd call him in Australia. We, we shorten names in Australia. Oh, Barney is a son of encouragement. Maybe you're a son of encouragement or a daughter of encouragement. Come on, give your encouragement. We need it so much. So I got through that pretty fast. I want to tell you some some stories of people in my life who have encouraged me so much. And um, one of them is a pastor here in Tokyo, Pastor Steve Kaler. He runs a great church called Hope Church in Chiba, Japan, eastern side of Tokyo uh, towards the airport, Narita Airport. And um, when I first came to Japan, I met I met Steve very early on and I just knew this guy was going to be a friend because he was an encourager. Um, and when we came to Japan, we were promised a lot of things that didn't happen and, and that's fine because God was with us and God supplied all our needs. We have many miracle stories that I might tell you a little bit about something next week as we talk about the gift of generosity. But um, this week with the gift of encouragement, um, whenever Steve would see me, uh, he would just go almost yell, Rod, Japan needs you. 
We're so glad you're here. Japan needs you. When I, when I would, uh, he would phone and on my phone I would see Steve Kaler's name come up. I, I would answer it but hold it out here because I knew he was going to yell out encouragement, literally yell at me, right, Japan needs you. Don't leave Japan. Now, at that time, we were not going to leave Japan, but it was such a hard time. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. We had a young Australian team with us for one year. Um, and they had had trouble getting visas and housing and jobs and money was low and we had nothing. But we had a word from God. Come on, we had a word of faith saying God was going to move in Japan. And all we could see was, yeah, it's tough, but God's going to move in Japan. But that encouraging word was so, so important. In fact, to this day, 18 years later, if I'm going to ring up Steve Kaler, I know what I'm going to get, and it's not fake or he's got to put it on again. It's just coming out of his heart. Right, I was thinking about you. Right, been praying for you. Come on, God is with you. And I think that that gift of encouragement is so really important. I need to say that this has got nothing to do with flattery. In every culture, there are flatterers, and Proverbs talks about flatterers that say something to you to get something for them. There's a personal motive, but encouragers have nothing of that. There is no flattery. It's encouraging you because of you. They're encouraging you because what God is saying to you. There's no expectation of return. So it's not as though someone encourages you, says, oh, you did good at that, and you say, oh, well, you did good at that too. Oh, you might say that, but that is not in the heart of an encourager. An encourager just wants to be part of the team and a part that sees the future positive, the positive sides. Yes, there's a lot of negative things happening. There's some challenges and some issues. Yes, we always have that in every organization and every business and every church, but they choose to see the good things and say, come on, that's good. Let's do that. And I've got another friend in Australia who also encourages me when I phone him. His name is Pastor Jared Keen in Perth, um, pastor of Global Heart Church Perth. And, you know, when we were going through that very hard time at the beginning, when I saw his phone number come up phoning me, I knew what what to expect as well. Whatever I was going to say, he was going to laugh the laugh of faith with me. And it really helped me a lot. It's like, Rod, how's it going? And I said, well, this is happening. And he would laugh. And he said, I understand. Ha, ha, ha. But God is with you. Ha, ha, ha. I understand. It was like that when I was starting in London. And ha, ha, ha. And God is with you. And, 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 and it sounds like he's laughing at me. But no, he was a encourager. And his laughter was a lifting laughter. Lifted the environment. Lifted it sort of lifted off the burden, like, wow, you know, God is here. And, and I just want to encourage you that you can encourage others with um, words, with a friendly touch, if, you, if that's appropriate, um, with a phone call, a text, uh, um, a gift. I think some of you have an encouragement gift with gifts, physical gifts, giving, giving gifts at Christmas or birthday or just because I want to. And Encouragement can come in various forms. It really can. And we need to accept that and say, thank you so much for that encouragement. Thank you so much for being there for me. Now, in 
Lifehouse Church, we've had a um, an Australian guy who got saved very early on. His name is Alex. And um, anyone in Lifehouse knows Alex's key word is, come on, come on. And um, <laughs> if Alex listens to this, he'll be laughing and going, come on. <laughs> and, and I just discovered uh, Alex as a friend, I think in the second year in Tokyo, and um, he had come to our church with his girlfriend. She was a... She is a lovely woman, but she was a, a young uh, woman, Christian woman, who was uh, going out with Alex, and, and um, uh, but, but she wanted to come to church, and, and he he agreed to come, although he didn't want to come. And about six months, he came, and this guy at the back, who's this guy at the back? And he leaves early, but one time he came and he put his hand out, he said, up, and he said, I want to receive Jesus. And from that day on, I got to know Alex, and and realize he just is such an encourager. And he loves to encourage people with tithing. That's one of his other gifts. He's the gift of generosity, him and Sachi, his wife. But let me talk about encouragement because you need these people in your life. And um, they're, they're, they're not everywhere. And that's why it's one of the seven gifts that we need to encourage. Um, Alex has been on many of my, my leadership teams He's intelligent. He's a great business guy, built a great business. His wife is our kids' pastor. But I know that Alex will give me an honest report, but there's always a come on. Now, here's what I want to say. This is really important. In 2011, we had the big uh, earthquake in Japan, the, the Tohoku earthquake, the Great East Japan earthquake. It was nine on the Richter scale out at sea a bit. And uh, in the city of Sendai, terrible. And it sent a tsunami towards Japan's east coast, wiping out 400 kilometers of, of coastline, um, killing so many people, 20,000 people either dead or missing. And um, um, it, it then started a, a nuclear reaction in uh, Fukushima. And it, I remember those days so much that we had to, as a church, cope with the massive amount of earthquakes that were happening. There was um, hundreds of earthquakes every day after that, aftershocks. Tokyo, it wasn't a nine earthquake here. I think it was about a seven. It was the biggest thing I've ever experienced. It was scary. And then afterwards, there was radio radiation coming from Fukushima, and it was so difficult. We got through that time, and then we started to think, what can we do? And my wife, Viv, had a, a vision that we should – try and take children, uh, sorry, not children, young adults, uh, university students, high school students. Um, we should take students and put them in Christian homestay for some season because they've lost their homes. And um, I was having to deal with other issues and quite a few of our foreigners living in Japan went back to their home countries and um, people, some Japanese living in Tokyo moved, moved back to their hometown. So a lot of people... Um, left Tokyo at that time and we were strong in faith but it was a hard time and we had to manage people and manage the church and um, but I remember thinking Viv said we, we felt we should help these um, uh, young adults youth and young adults and I said I would love to do that but I'm just so burdened with all the details of things I've got to do and I remember it was it was Alex that heard this plan and he said, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. And I said, but I'm so 
busy and stress. And he said, no, no, we can, we can get a team together. We can get a team together. And I'm sure Alex did not know what that meant, the, the hard work and, and effort that had to go into that. Well, the next couple of months, we, we put our, our plan into action and um, we went to um, try and talk to these young people who have lost, some of them had lost parents in the tsunami. Many had lost houses. Um, it was it was it was disaster. It was traumatic. Many people said, "Oh, you will not be able to help that crowd because the government will be protecting them too closely." Um, but every time we had a negative, Alex and my team and a young lady called Cody, who's now my PA, um, now married to Jed with little Eden. This last year, uh, my team's growing in many ways. Um, the team grew. And we said, we can do this. We can organize this. And I asked for, for some churches around the world to help us with finance. And if we sent you young people, could you take them for Christian homestay? Uh, that just means going to a Christian family for a few weeks. Um, not to learn Christianity, but just to just to have a break, just to enjoy and learn some English and and, and eat some good food and just, just get their brains away from the trauma. That's what Christian homestay means. And... Um, and uh, it was just every time there was a blockage, yeah, we can do that. And we found that the Department of Immigration helped us in Japan to get visas and even to get passports, even to get birth certificates for these young people who'd lost everything in the tsunami. Wow. And we found everyone was trying to help us. The Japanese government, the um, the airlines, we went and said, would you give us some um, uh, profit-free Tickets, every airline said, yes, not a problem. When do you want them? The homestay thing happened and we ended up spent, uh, sending 200 young Japanese overseas to homestay for three weeks and another 100 or 200 here in Tokyo who could not go overseas. And the ones here in Tokyo, we, 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 set, we put them in families and they went to Disneyland and just, just to get their brains off the, the trauma but the thing I want to say is I needed encouragers to say, yeah, there's problems, but we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. There's an answer. Let's go see these people. No, that didn't work. Let's go see these people. And that, that attitude, we helped, I think it was about 320 in the end. Young Japanese, many of them came back just so blessed. New friends, new memories, new hopes. Many of them came back and said, we want to help rebuild our Japan. That like new vision, new. It was it was it was really significant what we did at that time, and I've got some great encouragers in my life, and people encourage in very very different ways. As I said, some are very vocal, some help with gifts. They see a need and they buy it, or they do it. Um, they make something available. That could also be gift of generosity, but they're just they're encouraging you. You just. It's, it's unart. They don't ask for it. You don't ask for it. It just it just appears, and they don't want repayment. They just love to give this area. Um, as I said, sometimes it's a touch. I remember being a, um, a 15, 16 year old playing rugby, and a new coach came in, and we were not a good team. We were a losing team, and um, this coach came in and said, "Hey boys, do you want to learn how to win?" And we went, "Oh." I don't know if we can win. We never won. He said, I can teach you how to win. I'm going to teach you how to win. I'm going to teach you how to win. Got to get a new. And so he started to coach us with encouragement. 
but with the encouragement said, okay, you want to win? Then we've got to practice. Then we've got to do exercise. And so there was also a plan behind the action, behind the encouragement. But that year, our team went from last place in rugby to winning the whole competition. We went from last to first in one year. Next year, we came first again. And the year after that, we came second. We, we were a winning team for many years because of a coach that had the gift of encouragement. So I want to finish today by saying whatever your gift is good. And if you have this gift, don't put yourself down. You are needed. You are needed to, to – and I want to encourage you. I found some people with this gift are a little bit, um, they're holding back. And I want to encourage you to encourage others. How about that? I want to encourage you. It says, if you've got the gift of encouragement, then encourage. That's what God's word says. If you got it, then do it. And it might be awkward. And here in Japan, I've heard many Japanese say to me, oh, but Pastor Rod, um, this is Japan. We don't usually are so vocal. And I said, well, just start with something small, like you did a good job or thank you, I appreciate that or thank you, boss, for that or just start small. And in the family with husband and wife, just you did a good job. Thank you for dinner and thank you for this. And start to start to develop the gift of encouragement. And I think some of you will be so excited, so lifted. Um, everybody needs these people on their team, in their church in their family unit. Um, I hope you have the gift. If you don't, look for the gift and have them part of your team. Okay, are you ready? I'm going to pray for this gift right now. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing gift of encouragement. And I pray that those with this gift would rise up and say, I'm going to use it. I'm going to speak. I'm going to give. I'm going to do something appropriate to lift an environment, to lift a situation to see that there's possibilities and we can do it even though there are problems. Just like Caleb, yes, Caleb said, yes, there's problems in the land, there's giants, but we can certainly do it. And I pray, Lord, that we would encourage others with this gift to rise up and use them in our church, our business, our team. I pray for this this gift to, to rise up and be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an amazing, amazing week. Next week, we're talking about the gift of generosity. You're going to want to hear that. God bless you.